You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a title one good scare. I'm your number one fan. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Give me the bird, Marge. Give me the bird. Give me the bird. Come on. Give me the bird. Give me the bird. No, no. Greetings and welcome to the Screen 17 podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ray Hogg, joined as ever by Rob Mullen. Hello. And Eddie Sensible Stereo Bolton. Hi there. Every other week, we come to you with our thoughts and takes on the entertainment we've consumed from screens big and small. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing, following, or whatever your preferred podcast service suggests. You can also find and follow us on Facebook as Screen17 or on Instagram at Screen17Podcast, where you can also contact us, ask questions, or simply suggest topics for future episodes. On today's episode, we'll be discussing our main topic, which is Happy Death Day to you. It's been a long time coming, and again, and again, and again. And news items, such as the um, sad passing of a legend, screen legend, Sean Connery, age 90, and Spider-Man 3 starting filming. So we'll touch on those in a little bit. But before we get into that, it's time for a little segment called What We've Been Watching. Are you going to make a little... um... Because I know you only do this on uh, the other podcast that will not be named. There's a nice little, there's a nice little intro to this little section, and um, I noticed that we just go and talk. What do you so mean? Like this little bit I've composed right now. Well, that's me told. Yeah. Hold your tongue in future, Bolton. <laughs> I've learned a thing or two from the professional editor that is Clive Cookson over at SideQuest Heroes, the other podcast that I host. <laughs> I never I never hear this uh, I never hear this podcast mentioned <laughs> on the other so, one. Who wants to go first while well, you've been watching? What no, no. Go? I'll go. I'll go. Um I <laughs> I sweating was over off. here. I was off work all week, so um, I, watch, I got to watch something pretty regularly, and I started and finished The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, the, the first thing, yeah. Yeah, the first season that was like two years old. <laughs> um, I liked it. I have some problems with the writing, but overall it was good. Um, I think yeah. some of the, art, the art direction and the direction itself was really, really good. Some great cinematography and camera work. Um, yeah. It's cool. Great Did you spot as any well. of the hidden ghosts? There's so many ghosts now. I yeah. unless I missed them at the start, I think it kind of ramps up as the show goes on. Like definitely towards the last few episodes, there's way more hidden ghosts than there seems to be in the first few. Because mm. um, I knew that I'd gone in knowing that there's lots of hidden ghosts, so I was kind of trying to pick them all out. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. There's like bits where they're just in the kitchen and there's a ghost in the glass. Yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite shows from a couple of years ago. Well, actually, it was my favorite show that year. I thought that uh, that uh, series was incredible. Absolutely loved it. Mm. A good um, friend of mine actually really hates it. He thinks it's absolute muck. I can see both sides, right? Because the thing that annoyed me was kind of the ending. Well, actually, there's a few things. But because I watched it last night, um, I'll talk about the ending. Did, Are we going to say spoilers? For okay, a, a spoilers. Old show. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> Uh, so it's really ambiguous as to what their point is. The whole thing 
seems to be them explaining that the house is evil and wants to eat all the kids mm. or the children. Um, and then at the end, it's like, oh no, it's okay because everyone's ghost and it's fine. And now you need to keep the house safe. So yeah. which one is it? Is the house evil or is it good that these ghosts are there? Mm. I always took it that the ghosts were kind of pushing people to their limit as far as whether or not they were in a good mood or a bad mood. So, you know, it, for me, it was just a metaphor for depression, the whole series. Yes, I mm. definitely prefer that side of it. Um, I think it works much stronger, but there's so much about it that hinges on ghosts being real. Um, I think it would have been better if the writing was a bit stronger there to show that it can be very easily translated as mental illness. That was way more mm. interesting. But then there's bits where they either are having shared psychoses because they're two people are seeing ghosts at the same time, or there's yeah. physical interactions in the real world from ghosts that people see and are affected mm. by. And, you know, say, I can't think of a specific example, but there's other movies that do that trick of saying, oh, it was a ghost. But the way it's edited and shot, you can clearly read into it that goes, oh, no, they just cut out a little bit there that showed that person who is mentally ill did that. Um, mm. And I think that's the difference. There was It wanted to have both. It wanted to be a mental illness story and it wanted to be a ghost story. Exactly. And I think the best part about it was the depression, the... I don't know, maybe schizophrenia, I guess, and mm. or bipolar from the mother. Um, that was really cool. Um, definitely, like, say, a child's perspective on mel- mental illness and how that would affect the kid and what they'd believe. Um, one of my favorite bits was how all of them were in that red room at some point. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, and that, that showed was you, cool. Yeah, showed you all the scenes. Uh, it did become, I kind of, thought that would be the case um leading into the last episode but mm. yeah when they pieced it together it was a nice little puzzle yeah yeah, yeah overall that's it yeah good show there's one episode in it that i thought was incredible the one where they're in the funeral home yes and it's all done in one basically yeah. done in one shot i did i said that to kira when um we were watching it it's like oh this is the bottle episode and what a feckin bottle episode it is um yeah there's a yeah. bit the bit um it must have been editing or some computer graphics work where the camera's focused on the dad and it just pans around him and it goes from the kids being children to mm. them being adults in the one mm. uh, kind of Time panning location. shot around him and it's just so well done some really beautiful camera work in it mm. yeah it's incredible anyway that's, that's me yeah, so whatever 10 episodes of Haunting Hill House in last week Hang on one second. I need to open my door and let the internet in. <laughs> <laughs> you sure it wasn't a ghost? You could hear it knocking. A ghost! This is getting very old very quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Eddie? What have you been watching? So I'm currently plowing through Seinfeld again. Um, it's been a while since I've rewatched the entire show. So I think I'm on to season six. I'm somewhere in season six now. But it's been a, it's I, I've I've been watching it for a while, um, and yeah, it's 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 as good as I remember. There's a few dated references uh, that mm. come into it, um, for instance, the, an episode I just watched where people confuse um, Kramer with um, having a, a mental illness uh, because he's just come from the dentist and he has a speech impediment from being at the dentist. 
so there's a few bits that aren't yeah um they don't have not dated well but the, for the most part it's a, it's just a it's just an excellent show um the, so last time last time we recorded i completely forgot to mention my um my we'll just say it's bi-weekly now my um ryan reynolds <laughs> By Ryan and now Reynolds over, over to Eddie for the Ryan Reynolds update. Boop, doop, 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 boop, boop, boop. This will be Where's the second the podcast jingle? we Where's do. Where's the jingle for this? Where's the <laughs> Ryan Reynolds jingle? You get you a jingle when you fix edit. this damn door! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched a film called Mississippi Grind. Please be the name of the fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> this will be bad if you're a weekly update about Ryan no, Reynolds it is. getting it the is. name it of the movie wrong. It's just, know, um, God, it, it's just it's where Ryan Reynolds weeks. plays a stripper in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how did you know? No, it's... it's oh, hello uh, there. <laughs> you wanted to see my abs. Yeah, I grind them on you. I, I'll tell you, I'll be, I'd be the first person in line to see that film. <laughs> <laughs> More like Ryan uh, Reynolds. No, it's a it's a film about um gambling addiction and it's Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelssohn. Um if you don't you both know Ben Mendelssohn from The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's probably the the one you'd know him from most. Rogue um, one. it's and Rogue One, yeah. It's um it's a great film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. It whizzes by uh, the characters are excellent. Sienna Miller makes an appearance, she's brilliant in it. Is it um, a comedy? Uh, drama? No, no, it's a drama. Yeah, okay. but um, I mean, Ryan Reynolds might be his most dreamiest I've seen him <laughs> in this. So, you know, I had it ticked all my boxes. <laughs> Where do you think he gets the money for all that gambling? Uh, stripping. stripping yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I totally recommend it. It's uh, it it was far better than the Hitman's Bodyguard, and um, it's on it's streaming on Prime right now. So you can you can watch it there, but it's it's well worth the watch, and it's not too long. I think it's less than two hours. So excellent. That's it. So I don't, yeah. I've not really been watching much else, to be honest. Yeah. Um. What have I been watching? I've watched a few things. I've watched something. Oh, I've seen the new um uh, Borat movie. It was on Amazon oh, Prime. Good? There. It's fine. It's it's nowhere near as good as the first one. It's it's kind of just the same thing again. You know, a couple of skits and a kind of story that kind of binds it all together. Like the overall story is, uh, he brought shame on Kazakhstan and he's in prison, and then they um, release him to do like a follow-up movie or something like that. And he ends up bringing his daughter with him to the U.S. And it's just the antics that kind of there, there's one or two like really gross bits which are absolutely hilarious. But I don't know. I I, I I'd say if you if you say that the first movie is like a ten, then this movie is probably like an eight. I actually did watch that. I I enjoyed it enough that I got a. There's a few bits where I properly yelled out because they're shocking. Mm. <laughs> if you remember, there's a, a certain dance routine. Uh, oh, in it, Ray. there's always something weird nudity wise. Do you remember the dance routine, Ray? Uh, jog memory a little bit. Um, time of the month. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that that was just unusual. Yeah. Like the, the fact, like the reaction of the other kids was was actually brilliant. We don't, yeah, we can't go into spoilers for yeah. a brand new film, but it's very. There are some like screaming at the TV moments in it, which are very funny. 
it's good it's good crack but yeah, uh, have, you seen, have you seen kazakhstan's um poster for yeah. tourism <laughs> yeah apparently they've adopted the whole very nice or yeah it says kazakhstan it's nice <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of hilarious considering the first time around they were really kind of upset about the, the way kazakhstan might be portrayed by the movie yeah so no, it's, kind it's, of... I, it's good to, they're, they're taking a leaf out of the irish book which is just lead into it yeah um apart from that i watched a couple of ha- halloween movies i watched uh oh i watched the first episode of mandalorian which is fantastic i'll say nothing um continued the watching of star trek discovery which is just eh. it's 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 so unusual to get like a tv show that's like ex- incredibly high caliber like the mandalorian and get something like discovery <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's already it's already gone downhill has it it's just not good like it looks good <laughs> like I, I can't even comprehend how to describe it anymore uh, unbelievable criticism you come here you come here for to this podcast to listen to <laughs> yeah. the ramblings of a madman your, your article on vocabulary was really 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 good Bad. um <laughs> like i don't know it's just I, I really wish i had like as you're saying a better vocabulary to just criticize exactly what it is i hate about it but i just don't know what it is like just i'm watching it and it's good. like it's filmed it's filmed nice it looks nice nice there's, there's, there's a story it's just not good we should have a buzzer for all these like boring ag- adjectives nice, <laughs> nice. It's good not, good not, not com- good not com- interesting you can find me a word a day dictionary not compelling the characters Bad. lack motivation I- you know, I've watched everything up until the new season of Discovery, and I'd still, it's like it kind of only happened after I'd finished that previous season. That it's just, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's it's dreadful. Like, it, you literally, <laughs> the, whole, the whole season is just, or the whole show is just dread. It's something yeah. bad happens, and everything's sad and bad and violent, and yeah, the, it never feels hopeful which is no. what Star Trek was to me as a kid. It's like, we're the utopian society and we visit a place that's kind of bad and we help them become better. Yeah. As opposed to, everything's fucking shit and it always will be. <sighs> I will I will say, honestly, in the, the second episode, there was one scene in particular that reminded me of kind of old Trek and it was cool, actually the most redeeming scene of the whole show. And there was a confrontation and basically it's one one group against another group and there's a revelation at one point that kind of makes it seem like they have more in common than what they don't and that actually reminded me more of like traditional track these two people learning to overcome their differences come to an agreement and kind of move on from there and mm. yeah that, that part was kind of cool um apart from that yep. what else apparently they're making a cisco show have you seen this what the, I've I've read this somewhere. I, now let me make sure that this is actually happening. But yes, I read that they are considering to make a Cisco show. Jane, way after that, I guess. I'm trying to think. Nostalgia. Of That's the idea of writing a, a rapper new Cisco. Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. they, should, they should just make a fucking Shatner one now. Kirk, you know Star Trek Kirk, and it's just him in a wheelchair screaming at people. So it's from. Um, we got this covered, mm. and it's a Star Trek Cisco reportedly in the works at CBS with Avery Brooks. God, are they just trying everything possible to see what sticks? Yeah. If we get if we get Colomini back, I am all for this. 
Oh, they should just have a Miles O'Brien. That was him. I would totally you watch ever that. see that uh, web comic. That Miles O'Brien web comic. No. Oh, it's I think I have. Amazing. It's like a three-panel thing of Miles O'Brien in the engineering so room. Good, and it's so bleak and <laughs> sad. It's just like, oh, I have to find it and send it on. Um, Is it funny? It's yes, but also you can't read too much of it because it's just a bit sad. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, <laughs> I would w- definitely watch Star Trek Chief O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> Can you beam me down to the planet? Okay, do you want to come down to the <laughs> the pad like, here? You imagine him, no, just do it like, from, the, <laughs> from the bridge. Oh, okay. Like him, him fucking just go like taking his like so, in, his own USS Guinness or something like that to Ireland and just like chilling out. Oh, for fuck's sake! Permission to board. Rob's, Rob's subscription there is gas. He's just on his own. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come say hello? No, it's no, just it's him. Famous, famous from the bridge, please. <laughs> and that's the treat. That's the one that sticks out in my mind the most. It's just Chief O'Brien, and the last panel is him just looking sad. Uh, is this a is this a graphic novel? Oh, no, it's it's, it's kind of like Cyanide and Happiness. Cyanide yeah, and Happiness, like a, it's like, like a three panel comic. Oh, yeah, I have to get this. Yeah. Um. What else did you do? do? Um. Yeah, I watched Hocus Pocus last night. Oh yeah, very Chief good. O'Brien at work. Dot yep. com. Oh, We're waiting until Eddie's. <laughs> Eddie wants to what read a Miles O'Brien comic. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're just gonna leave this all in. This is Eddie just sitting down googling Miles O'Brien at work. I don't see him in it. I don't, they have a Wesley Crusher one. Mm-hmm. This is brilliant. Sorry, we're wasting we're wasting our recording time. Go on. <laughs> um, was saying, uh, yeah, I watched Hocus Pocus last night. Um, first time in years rewatching that. Oh, I love it. I meant to watch it actually. I love it. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, really good fun. Some of it is it's it's very kind of like cheesy Disney nineties fun, but I guess that's kind of what you want from a movie like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I I you probably the same. I definitely probably like it more because I was young when I saw it. If I was mm. older when I saw it, I probably wouldn't like it as much. I think I I, I always remember liking uh, the movie mainly because uh, Omri Katz, the guy. One of the main leads in it was in Erie, Indiana, and I was a big fan of Erie, Indiana. When I saw he was in the movie, I was just like, "Oh man, I love this movie straight away." Uh, also, a massive uh, teen crush on Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie. Yeah, same. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, Bet, yeah, that's that's. Bet Midler, but, um, Bet Midler, just chewing up the screen. It's great. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, was that a rumor or something that that role was originally offered to Dolly Parton? I've no idea. That kind of would have worked, I think. You yeah. Know? Dolly Parton seems too nice to. Well, Bette Midler's not. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Bette Midler, I think, has more range anyway as an actress. True. But, yeah. I actually saw the remake of The Witches. Sorry, I know it's not my go anymore, but uh, I've forgotten. I watched no, no, wait, what, what, do you, what do you think? I, yeah, I watched it the last time. Yeah, it's good fun. It's, uh, it's okay. It, yeah, I enjoyed it enough. There's a, there's some elements that they improve on from the original, and but it's just the atmosphere. I don't think is there as it mm. was with uh, the original. The original's really creepy in bits. Yeah, I I I like the original because it it, it kind of has a more authentic feel to it or something. I think I just 
the CG that's used in the new witches in some parts is really good. Like I love the way the mice are animated, but I'm not a fan of the way the witches look. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I did think Anne Hathaway was excellent. Oh yeah, she was very good. Even if her accent was a little bit wandery. Yeah, but the bit this this bit the only real creepy bits in it are when she goes like down an octave in her register and you know when she's she's talking, she's like, Oh you stupid mice, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh she that bit's very creepy. She's mm. good at doing that. Yeah. Um I think I preferred um without spoiling too much, I preferred the mouse transition in the original witches rather than this one. Like the part when, um, well, Luke was named the kid in the 80s version or 90s version, whatever it is, uh, where he's actually like shaking and bits of them are growing before other bits. Whereas in the new one, they kind of just spin and go up into the air like a firework and then they're just a mouse. Yeah. So I did, I did feel very sorry for the kid in it because I was like, God, you just lost your parents and now you're a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. Although, funnily enough, um, I was a bit kind of interested to see which version was most closely uh, translated from the book. And apparently this new one is far closer to the book than the original one from the 80s. Yeah, it uses the original ending from the book in this one. Yeah. And apparently the other ending where Luke is turned back into a boy, um, there was two endings that were shot where he was left as a mouse and where he turned back into a boy. And when they screen tested the, the people obviously who were screen tested preferred the boy ending Mm -hmm. so that was a little bit interesting Uh, and on we go to some news top news story the passing of Sean Connery at age 90 2020 keeps on taking what do you (laughs) think lads that's a good age in fairness like he had a good career unfortunate end to his career I guess with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen but, oh, uh, that wasn't his last film. Yeah, there was something small after it, wasn't it? But did he yeah, film? Yeah, he did a league last. No. Yeah, that was his last um, on-screen performance. Yeah. But he's plays the voice. I'll find it here now because I cannot remember what this film was called. Dragonheart. I was just no. that was immediately coming to my mind. Sean <laughs> Connery and Dragonheart. Are you trying to me? <laughs> Who else was in Dragonheart? Who was the guy? Oh God knows. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to love that movie as a kid. It's probably terrible. Um, yeah, Sir yeah. Sir Sir Billy, it was called in 2012. My God, I think I'll have to watch this at some point. It looks unbelievably bad. Um, he also did the he also did the narration de- for a documentary called Ever to Excel, <laughs> which I had not heard before. So there, yeah, there were his last performances in 2012. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, well, what did he actually die of? Did he have a cancer of some kind? Don't know. He apparently he's just done well for the last while. Oh, right. Um, I think he was he was he was a great actor. Um, the oh, well, I, I was never a huge fan of the Bond films to be honest with you. They're it's really? not yeah. my bag. I, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I find them quite derivative, but that's you know, that's just me. I understand there's a massive following of James Bond, but. We are. We do have a very big Irish connection with Sean Connery from a little film called Darby O'Gill and the Little People, <laughs> Stonewall classic, and the depiction of the depiction of Ireland is to a T. It's all I can scary say. how accurate. Like there's literally scenes in my childhood that are 
pulled straight from that movie. Yeah, especially with the Banshees. <laughs> I, but I, I, actually, I actually quite liked him in that film. Um, but the, the performance for me that stands out the most is the in, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. As um, <laughs> that was going to be the <laughs> <my> choice. <laughs> <laughs> as indiana jones's dad but it's very funny that he's literally only 10 years older than harrison ford in that film and in general yeah wow. um that's mental actually. he looks he's he's looked like 90 years old for about 40 years though mm. i think my favorite role that he's been in is pro- probably the rock i thought he was fantastic the fact that you could there's like a, a theory that the rock is technically a spin-off of james bond and that like <laughs> No, no, honestly, there's, there, there is a, there's a, a fan theory about this. That's brilliant. That basically, cause that's how he, he ended up being Alcatraz. Like, he's an ex-spy, and he was involved in, like, the British Secret Service, and he has, like, intimate knowledge of this prison, and that's why he's so, you know, clever and how to get out of it and all that kind of stuff. But there's a rumor that it was going to be, like, a tie-in, like, this is what happens to old 007s when they retire. <laughs> it's a fantastic theory. I'll have to watch the film again with that. Um, that yeah. Yeah, I I do need to watch The Rock again. Um, it's very he, fun. He was originally the, the role in Skyfall at the end was originally you know the care, the caretaker at the end of Skyfall was originally written for Sean Connery. Really, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, they they wanted Sean Connery to play the role, but he he turned it down. My honorable mention, but definitely not a favorite, um, is going to have to be Highlander, where Sean Connery plays a Egyptian who has a Spanish accent, even though he doesn't, um, who <laughs> mentors the very French Christopher Lambert, who is playing a Scotsman. <laughs> so it's such a cheesy, ridiculous movie where the accents are all over the place, but it's just utter. Not, it's like the 90s in a bottle, um, even though, did it come out so in the I'm... 90s? It might have been like late 80s. I gotta, um, I gotta it's, chime in here on this theory thing, uh, just because I'm actually following followed up a really <laughs> curious thing. So this comes from take this with a pinch of salt, fantheories.fandom.com. <laughs> so it could be a lot of shite. So the theory is that uh, Sean Connery convict John Mason, the only man ever to escape Alcatraz, is actually an older version of the Connery era 007. Theory goes that in the mid-1960s, famed British secret agent James Bond was caught spying in the United States and locked up in the infamous island prison Alcatraz on espionage charges. The plot sees the FBI enlist the help of Connery's character to help Nixon's cage. The scientists thwart a group of ex-Marines bent to destroying San Francisco with chemical weapons using the prison as a base. I want it to be true. So do I. I was was completely wrong about Islander, by the way. It's uh, 1986. And I'm, I was thinking more of the TV show in terms of the style, which is very 90s. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a loss indeed. Obviously, he hasn't been yeah. working for quite a while. So it's kind of the, the inevitable thing, unfortunately, that we are in this sort of time and maybe age as as well, that like these really big stars of movies and TV will just get older and die eventually. It's nothing we can really do about it. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's also worth noting that he... You know, he wasn't the best person in the world either. So he was um, a product of his time, very much. I think, and he definitely didn't evolve to get better. You know, his yeah. When you well, when you're grow. saying when you're saying it's okay to hit women, um, yeah. You know, yeah. It's not a, great. A lot of those older bonds were kind of rapey, um, mm. and in some cases, 
pretty overtly rapey. Um, yeah, again, they were products of their time. It's definitely not okay. Um, thank God we know better now and try to do things better. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, on to the next item. Uh, quick one that I kind of just threw into the old roster before we started. Uh, Tom Holland has confirmed Spider-Man 3 has started filming. There was a quick little Instagram blink-and-you-miss-it post from him about two or three days ago um, of them touching down in Atlanta to begin filming on the third installment of the new Spider-Man's movies. What do you think about this one? I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I'm hoping Michael Keaton's involved again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, hope that it's actually set in New York rather than what the last two have kind of done of like, oh yeah, Spider-Man, he's in New York for a little bit and then he's gone. Yeah. I suppose um, the whole thing about Spider-Man is his home base is New York. So it is kind of unusual to be like, yeah, you're in New York for a bit, but now head out to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, you're in New York for a bit. Now get out to Europe. It's like, okay. <laughs> we'll also yeah. get um, J.K. Simmons back properly this time. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. Um, so one of, I suppose, the kind of crazier kind of news tippets for this movie is the inclusion of Jamie's Fox reprising his role as a new interpretation of Electro, uh, which is leading many to suggest that there is a possible uh, groundwork being put in for a Spider-Verse movie. I mean, uh, yeah. who knows? It, it's... Um, it's... We don't know a lot of the details with this. Is Jamie Foxx playing the same character or is he just playing a different version of, of, uh, oh God, what's his name? Ray something, wasn't it? No, um, I mean, that's your name. name. Elect- Electro. Electro. Yeah, Electro. Yeah. yeah well, so- I think it, it could be similar to basically Ryan Reynolds doing Deadpool again, but doing it right. Like, that would be a way yeah, Wade yeah. Wilson. Like, like this whole I don't know how I feel about this whole multi or spider verse thing. One, because they've already done that in uh CGI movie and it was fucking awesome. Um, yeah. the animation just yeah, we've talked about that I think before. Um that and I wonder who was pushing for it, right? Is it a Disney thing? I don't think Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to push for a spider verse. I think they've got plenty they could play with already. So I would feel like it's more of a Sony thing where they're trying to lead in maybe their Morbius arcs or yeah. a bit of Venom maybe um, and it gives them a bit more, it gives them a reason to make a Spider-Man movie that's not connected to Disney Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right, like, that's the thing it's like Sony, while they're financially benefiting from the inclusion of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the Disney Marvel movies they still want to be able to piggyback off their springboard off it to make their own independence spider-man universe movies like uh venom or morbius or something like that but there's a couple of kind of rumors to say like i don't know if you've seen any of the leaked set photos from the morbius thing saying like spider-man's missing and all this type of stuff um, yeah i saw a couple back that's six months ago or so ago isn't it yeah and there's rumors that the reason he's missing is because they've started off this whole multiverse thing where Toby Maguire or slash Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man is going to be pulled into Tom Holland's universe for a period of time. Would sorry to interrupt, but would the simplest explanation not just be that it's set during the snap? Yeah. 
<laughs> way, to, way to ruin that, Rob. <laughs> Smashing theories with Rob Mullen. Raised there with like the, the, the annihilated. Raised there with the corkboard, putting like all these lines together, and, and Rob's just like, surely it's just during the snap, no? No. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean the, the whole the whole link in itself is is a bit of a crazy one because one you have Michael Keaton's vulture interacting with Morbius, which makes you think that it's in the Tom Holland Spider Verse or Spider Man universe. But then, like the, the Daily Bugle logo and the Spider Man spray paint that's on the wall are all very Sony, um, Tobey Maguire era Spider Man. Ray, I really think you put more thought into this than they do. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like I probably well, have fun. I probably have but look sure we won't I mean, know it's, about it's, it's, it's fun to theorize about it's funny yeah well we won't know until like well if it started filming now I'm, I'm sure there's going to be leaked set photos over the coming months and when's it out next year at some point uh, December 2021 I think well, who knows anymore Let's see yeah. yeah tentatively December 2021 which means that we probably will be getting our first look teaser slash trailer June or July 2021. No, if if look if things go back to normal, I'd imagine we'll get a trailer much sooner than that. I'd imagine we might be getting a trailer in January, February, whenever. Yeah. I I can see whenever Sony releases a big film uh, digitally, or when the first um, MCU stuff starts coming out, mm. there might be a trailer with that as well. Wasn't Morbius supposed to be out already? Yeah, yeah. It was. So we got a trailer for it, which didn't look very good. So yeah, well, it wasn't great. Right. But now we're getting Jared Leto back as the Joker, which is even better. So oh yeah, filming is extra stuff for a movie that has going on already. This movie's mad. I can't wait. It looks bonkers now. Absolutely <laughs> bonkers. What is he doing? <laughs> Do you think he's just like going to leave like big massive cliffhanger at the end and everyone's just gonna gonna be like, We need another one? I can imagine that happening, yeah. Really Superman's can. dead I think, again. I think I think it's John, gonna be John a Henry huge Irons. it's gonna be a huge hit for HBO Max. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. It's it's just, just too much hype about it. It's constantly being talked about. Hmm. There's yeah. loads of different things happening, you know. People are going to be curious to see Jared Leto, even if they hate him as the Joker. People are going to be curious to watch him again. I know I am. I know. I, know, I didn't like that performance at all. But I'm like, yeah. I'll, if if <laughs> put Joker in that Justice League film that that's coming out, yeah, I'd love to right. see the bat bat flick against Jared Leto's Joker. Just that that face off. I would just like to see that happen. Like I this is just like weird. One, I bet you it's one scene. It's it probably like Batman a flashback as well, like maybe like what happened with the original Robin or something. Yeah. Actually, sorry, this is going to go into something that's far too long, but that's a good point, Ray. To me, right, if you're going to cast the Joker, <clears throat> it's always in reference to the Batman that you have. Mm. And Jared Leto as Joker, whether you like him as Joker or not, to me, doesn't line up with Affleck at all. Mm. You know, he might line up a bit more with Robert Pattinson, actually. For whatever reason in my head, visually, that might make a bit more sense. Now, I have no yeah. logic for any of these <laughs> ramblings that I'm going on. But, yeah, I just I don't see the stylistic connection between 
that I don't see a physical connection between it. Yeah. If anything, um, the, the Joaquin Phoenix interpretation of Joker lines up a bit more with the Batfleck Batman. Yes, because he's older as well. Mm. Yeah. But that's the news for now. So, uh, no, no answer is here. <laughs> um, on to the old main topic of the old show. Happy Death Day to you. Can we just instantly say spoilers? No, we have to say what we thought about it first and then possibly give it a rating or not, depending on the episode. Great. <laughs> Ray, has, Ray, Ray has a structure here, Rob. Come on. Did you think it was good or bad? <laughs> I, I, I have one sentence. I, I did not like this movie. Um, and, which is a pity was... because... Go on. No, no. no hold on. No, no, no. Let, go on, let go on, Rob finish Rob, the I really enjoyed the first one, despite the problems it had. And the bits of this I enjoyed were the extra exploration with those characters that I really liked from the first one. Hmm. But everything else about it was bad. Everything was bad. They were bad. They made the characters a bit worse. Um, they made. Was this a Blumhouse production? It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, that's what it felt like. It was very much the Blumhouse kind of guerrilla filmmaking of oh we need to make a film real quick just oh we have this one that everybody likes and made a lot of money let's just make another one and they had the same it's like it looked like they filmed it the next day on an idea they came up with that night you know Mm, it's just it was i I didn't like it and i was very disappointed to not like it did this movie it was almost this exact same concept, but it was missing everything that was charming about the first movie. Completely, it agree. was. It was missing like those kind of uh, set pieces, like the 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 comedic kind of repeat days. They were missing. It was missing that I, kind of. I slightly disagree. It had those set pieces. They were just crap. They were a yeah. really poor interpretation of them. So yeah, you're right because they missed all the charm of those set pieces. You didn't care anymore, and yeah, the same. Great, like there's that visual moment. I can't remember how she dies, but in the first one, where I think does she fall or something, and you see her head go from dying into landing on the bed. Yeah, Eddie was saying that was one of his highlight they, kind of transitions. Yeah, of the last movie. they repeat that almost exactly in the second movie as well. They and do. That's actually, a yeah. fairly common thing in sequels, I know, but there wasn't anything new that was visually interesting that they could have done instead. Or as yeah. well as to go, hey, remember this bit from the first one? Now here's another cool thing we came up with as well. They just did the exact same thing. Yeah, it it, it was very, very subpar sequel. Yeah. It's like, not a good film. There's 20 minutes that I enjoyed in it. So the first 25 minutes, I think, are atrocious. Hmm. Absolutely yeah. atrocious. Then something happens, which we'll go into in spoilers. And the next 20 minutes, I found enjoyable that like like in the first film and then it derails and becomes a mess and become tries to get too complicated with itself yeah and you lose as rob was saying you lose all of the charm that came from the first film so yeah there's 20 minutes in the middle that are enjoyable and then the rest is pretty pretty bad so, I for those listening, yep. if you can't interpret how this is going to go, this is going to be a very scathing <laughs> teardown of a very terrible sequel to a very good movie. 
And this is Happy yeah. Death Day to you. So watch out for spoilers ahead. Boing, boing, boing. Okay, can I go into one thing almost directly? Um, <laughs> I have, I have yeah, so many this one thing. I thought we were going to do a synopsis. <laughs> I have so many nitpicks. Okay, no, you okay, can do your synopsis. I'll hold off. You can do your synopsis, right? No, no, no. Do, do I don't think, I don't think you're going so to be angry. able to hold this in. Okay, okay, no, right. I, I'll hold it in. I thought, right, for, for, for starters, the, the day repeat thing transitioning from one person to another didn't make sense like in the first movie it was like it was this special day and it was the day of significance that it was translated to another person and then we obviously discover that's what it was just a coincidence it had nothing to do with that special day whatsoever and yeah. in this this case it's now ryan the the kid who walks in on tree and your man making out in the morning or not also, out. sorry they're, makes, they're no, getting up yeah yeah it makes no fucking sense like Oh, this guy, this, uh, <laughs> the roommate came up with this machine that some, well, one thing, he, he's a fairly young college student. He's not like a, he's a PhD candidate or anything, but he came up with a machine that can loop time. But also this machine decides that, oh, when a, the focus of this loop dies, we'll restart the loop. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> I, it, it just um, doesn't make sense. I, can I, I feel like... Say... Go on. Can I also say, just as we're on topic with him, I remember, like, when I started watching this, because I hadn't seen a trailer or anything for it, the first 25 minutes is all about Ryan, and the actor, Fivu, is dreadful. Yeah, He's a terrible actor. He's so bad. I was like, like this is going to be, like, pulling teeth for, for this film. Luckily, it changes after a while, but... My God, it's and then and then the dean, Steve, yeah. he's oh, oh, so bad, so bad, he's so bad. Yeah. How do these people have work that like? I feel I like they got the order credit. Yeah. Now I've one nitpick before you jump into the synopsis, Ray, and that's do you know the whole thing of um? Is it Ryan? Is that the roommate's name? Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that beats um, blonde hair. He's he's sleeping in his car because um, mm. Tree and your man are having sex, right? He or has. A massive fucking office with this invention in it that he seems to have access to at all times of day that has a yes. huge couch inside it. Why is he sleeping in his car? Because he knows that crusty old Dean will come around. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping in your office again. You're expelled. <laughs> if that Dean was played by Jim Jim Rash, that would have been ten times better. Yes, yep. it would. Yeah. Turn that machine off. All right, go on and hear some synopsis there before I interrupt too much. Right, so so the movie starts off with him waking up in the car, and it does the same thing again. That trope of person walking on their way from A to B, and all these like story beats or things, recognizable beat things that'll happen, so you know that the loop. Look, you can't forget it this time. So what? There's a dog that barks them. Some crazy guy comes out behind the fence, going, "Give me some money," and then like something else happens. Um. I, I did like the callback to him walking through the corridor with the guy playing the trombone and the guy coming out the door screaming at him to tell him to shut up. I thought that was a funny nod. Um, but apart from that, like it was just he ends up going to the room like as his normal day, and then this new baby face killer. So you instantly have a copycat killer the day after <laughs> someone's after being you know called for the, the, the serial killer murder. So was this other baby face killer around at the same time? 
I don't know. No, do you not remember who the babyface killer was? No, it was uh, one Laurie in the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean the, in this one, it was the, uh, it's himself. Ryan. Yeah, himself yeah, from another dimension. And they don't explain that for a fucking lick, right? Because then, yeah, after that, it goes into tree gets knocked into another dimension, but the existing tree in that dimension isn't there somehow. Mm. So that's weird. But that Ryan yeah. that wore the baby face mask can somehow travel dimensions. And one, he can travel dimensions. And two, he wants to stop that other Ryan from doing something. It's just a very little explanation going on because yeah. they dived into quantum physics and time travel. And mm. we came up with this cool device. Whereas I can kind of get this mythical, magical thing of Tree just reliving the same day because she's trying to fix her death. Because yeah. that's more magical than having some device and caring about physics. Yeah, it actually funnily um, made more sense yeah. when there wasn't a reason behind it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because I can make up whatever this. I want. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to try and explain this. No. And the, the loosest fucking connection they had to the first movie was that um, the power going on and off. Yeah. Well, eight or nine o'clock or something. And I feel like this is either something they made up on the fly or a really ridiculous idea that the director or writer had to say, oh, see, the power's gone off because this magical time travel device, but we don't need to go into that. That's my backstory that's hidden. And then they went, mm. oh, we should include that now in the sequel. Either that, yeah. or they literally just went, oh, yeah, what can we do? Yeah, the power went off. Let's link that in. So in in their office, like when they're confronting the, the killer after Ryan's already been stabbed, so he knows what's going to happen, he tells Tree, and she instantly recognizes that he's reliving a loop. Um, and, you know, I guess her reaction is kind of genuine, where she's like, how can that possibly be happening to you? Like, it happened to me. Because, like we said, in the first movie, there was a significance for the date that she was reliving. Um, so they go yep. to intercept this new baby face killer, and it turns out that it's actually Ryan, as you were saying, doesn't make a lick of sense. And then the Dean comes in, like... Uh... The old Dean! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Kappa Look, House! <laughs> this is not how colleges work. The dean would have no idea of his research. The head of the department might, but the dean yeah. wouldn't know and wouldn't give a flying fuck. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, so the oh dean comes God, in like, so bad. was it man? Um, oh, what's your man's name from Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh yeah, Louis, Louis, no, Louis. Um, the guy who turns off the reactor. So the, yeah. the dean basically comes in and does the whole fucking Ghostbusters thing, yeah, turn off the yeah, reactor. Yeah. Um, so they, they end up having... You need magic. to turn off that damn reactor! You forgot the magic word. And what is the magic word? Dr. Venkum. Please. William Atherton. William. Um, yeah. So he yeah. basically... There's a big old struggle to do this, and then the machine goes off. Tree, I guess, gets killed or knocked out, or something happens. The pulse hits her, and she awakes on the 18th again, and assumes that she's really living the same day over and over again. But ha ha ha, a little twist. She's not in her own dimension, which she discovers from when she talks to Laurie for the first time. Yeah, yeah there's lots of little things that are different. Oh, yeah, the housemate doesn't call her when she goes up the stairs. Remember when she's yeah. going upstairs, the housemate normally goes, you slut, where are you coming in at this hour? Yeah. Yep. I um, will say, right, so when, when it changes here, I breathe such a sigh of relief because I didn't have to spend any more time yeah, with fucking Fivu, because I I was like I actually need I might turn this off if I if he's the lead. <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was pretty tempted. close yeah. to that as well. 
I was uh, annoyed want, immediately. Jessica Roth is a much better lead person than he is. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, but it's not in the same. It's the. It's ironically not in the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, but obviously, yeah, from there, Tree starts putting together all these, like, weird little things that she starts thinking that's her universe, but obviously things are going slightly different. Um, The big one being Laurie. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Well, no, the central thing really is her mother being alive. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, the big reveal. She goes to meet her dad um, for the birthday meal that we saw in the first movie. Uh, But, yeah, the big surprise is her mom rocking up. And I kind of like that. That that was a really nice theme. That was the best thing about the movie for me, and they fucking ruined it. Mm. Um, I'll go into that later after the synopsis. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens then? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. So basically, I think after the whole mother scene, does she try to go and kill Tombs again, or stop Tombs? Yes. Well, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah because. She finds out her roommate isn't actually evil, and mm-hmm. Tombs kills her roommate during that day, the loop. Yeah, mm. and she, so she tries to help her roommate. So yeah, her roommate yeah. being the one who killed her every day in the last movie, and then yeah. of course it turns out that Tombs, like the last movie, was also um, released by someone else who's the real killer. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, oh, they just they muddled the whole thing up. It's um, it yeah, all becomes I mean, a mess, and I don't care anymore after a while. Like, I, it, it, it's this set, like yeah. this kind of next few minutes in the film are good. Yeah, but it just loses its waist like very quickly. So the central thing to the plot in the loops is that she needs to stay alive, and they like the nerd gang basically, who is uh, the roommate's friends who are working in, I guess, I don't know, the theoretical or something physics department, um, working on this time travel device, and they have to come up with the algorithm which will fix the machine to allow her to go back to her own dimension Mm. or fix the loop so she can stay in this dimension. So then Tree needs to make that difficult choice. Does she stay in the dimension where her mother is alive or does she go back home? Mm. And I'll complain about that more when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so basically, this this is the whole dilemma that they have to kind of figure out. And oh god, like the, the, the plot in itself was so convoluted. I can't even remember chronologically how it went. Um, are we up to the point yet where she's now dying over and over again to remember the equation? Yeah. Well, it's so they're working on this algorithm. That's the, what they say every single yeah. time. Um, and if it doesn't work, they generally don't seem to have time to do more than one every... Well, they do, actually, because that's what fucking fixes it. But eventually, uh, they get the right algorithm. But the whole time in the loop is that she has to remember, despite knowing nothing about either theoretical physics or yeah. particle physics, quantum physics, who knows what they're doing. Um, she needs to remember this entire sequence in the equation every day and needs to remember all of them for the ones that didn't work. And then they have to figure out the, what one will work. And again, I'll complain more about that when we're done. <laughs> Suffice um, to say, they hit, they eventually hit the right uh, algorithm or equation that will solve the loop. And just as they're about to operate the machine, 
Guess who rocks onto the scene? That goddamn Dean! Crusty old Dean. The old Dean. He confiscates oh. the machine and yeah. locks it in some sort of auditorium. And we're now treated to what is potentially the most slapstick moment of the entire movie. Danielle pretending to be a French exchange student to try and steal the keys off the Dean. <laughs> it's just a, a blind, blind French exchange student. That's right, blind. Like, physically beats the crap out of the Dean. Accidentally, of course. It's like something out of a Three Stooges sketch. It's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose Three Stooges is actually funny. Yeah, so when eventually they do obviously get the device back, is it they're working on it and then Tree goes to save her roommate because she's like, oh, I can fix things in this dimension too before mm. I go. Because she's finally decided, and again, I'll complain more about this later, that yeah. she doesn't want to stay in a dimension where her mother is. Mm. She's going to go back to her own. Mm. Uh, time and space and then she also has to save her roommate and of course this time her roommate's good there's somebody else letting uh, the serial killer go and it turns out to be that doctor and double twist it's not only the doctor it's also the doctor's wife who is being cheated on and yeah it's really bad and I guess they get away with the character motivations because it's a different dimension and they're different people so yeah I can put up with that but they were also um, given a, a revelation that when she goes to apologize to Danielle, uh, the, the bitchy housemate that she lived with, and she discovers that she's actually cheating on Carter. Yeah, yeah. With like yes. a with a with six a really pack. dumb guy. Yeah, yeah. Because, because no other female character can be good. Yeah, and it, except the mother, and, I guess. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it would have been a nicer we, thing if she was actually just completely nice, and that was just the thing. Like, I didn't understand why they had to ruin that kind of redemption character. Yeah, I think we moved past the um, the montage scene. Which one? Which was, was, a, was a, no, you know the one where she's killing herself over and over again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because she has. To, I found it to be quite. They stole two deaths from Deadpool too. Which two? So the one where she jumps out the plane. Obviously, oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, then the other one she, day too. She jumps into um, a wood chipper. The just now, a quick one about the um, the jumping out of the plane one. I absolutely hated that when she was landing at the end. Wasn't she doing some sort of pose in front of yes. two people? Yeah, she was giving the fingers to the camera. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake. Now I did think some of that montage was fun. Um, mm. Yes, I like parts of it. Yeah, stupid. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously harkened back to the first one where she's getting killed. Only this time it gets to be more fun because she chooses to die, which is still fairly awful. Now, I don't know the, where she, she drinks like the toilet yeah. fluid or something. No, it's That's the bleach in the oil. I, what a dreadful way to kill yourself. The other yeah. thing is that doesn't usually kill you immediately. You'd probably take no. a while to die. <laughs> yeah. And they totally gloss over the fact that all these deaths and injuries are supposed to be slowly cumulative. Yeah, like she's so, supposed to be like injuring herself. Yeah, that she wakes up like in pain or like bruises or something. Yeah, but we discovered from the last movie that that rule itself was very loosely enforced. Um, yeah, I mean, cause, yeah, like even in this one, she was volunteering to kill herself, uh, but like over and over again, and then near the end, because they needed an excuse as to why she couldn't just keep doing it, she had to say like, "Oh no, no, I think I'm too weak now, and the next one could actually kill me for real." 
It's like, yeah, mm, you didn't think about that when you were jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Yeah. So can we move on to just general ranting? Um, well, we haven't wrapped up the synopsis. <laughs> I'm so desperate to just Rob is ready to go. Oh. So, so eventually, she chooses to to go back to her own dimension because I well, I'll let Rob rant about this in a minute. But let's just say she wraps it up. There's a reason she goes back to her own dimension because she's already suffered the loss of her mother. She's got over it. Whereas the tree in this reality never had to go through that pain. Blah blah blah. But then, are we talking about the post credit sequence right now? I didn't even watch that. I Did you guys not no. see the post credit sequence? No. Okay. Eddie? Do not no? no? Okay. No. Do you know what happened? I'm going to read this verbatim from the Wikipedia synopsis page just Please so do. I can tell you how ridiculous this is. So everything's wrapped up. They're back in the um, the lab again. And guess who walks in? Not the Dean. No. <laughs> so verbatim from the Wikipedia page. Later, Tree, Carter, Ryan, Samir, and Dre are escorted by agents to a DARPA laboratory where the reactor has been moved for further experimentation. When the agents say they need a test subject in order to see how the machine works, Tree says she knows the perfect test subject. In her bedroom, Danielle wakes up screaming in terror. So basically, oh, the, the government brought them in as a super team who are going to start jumping through dimensions. I'm getting a migraine. It honestly felt like the worst, like post credit sequence ever. That's the one thing, right? That especially kind of at the start of the movie when Tree started jumping, um, that really banged of quantum leap to me. It was just bangs of quantum leap throughout this movie for a while until it was like, oh, it's a different dimension. Um, and that's even worse. That's like, I know obviously the first movie borrowed a lot. This one borrowed so much more. Mm. Anyway, I can't wait for the third one. <laughs> next year potentially yeah, I, hope we, I, hope, I hope the third one is uh, about the crusty old dean now admittedly we will have to review it so yeah that is true so rob you've been biting your lip for the past 30 minutes okay <laughs> what was I, it that you wanted to say i have many things but i'm gonna do my main one first um because it's the central arc of the movie and then after that, I'll let you guys go and I'll eventually go again. Um, it's the fact that she goes back to her own dimension because she loves a boy she met like two days ago, as opposed to, you know, staying in the dimension to live with her mother. Now, I fully love, and the movie couldn't fucking decide which it wanted. Is she in love with the boy and she's going back for him because she's just so starlit and in love? Or does she just want to let go of her mother? Just admit that like, the love she had for her mother is great, and the times she had were brilliant, but she needs to let go now. Mm. And I thought, I really hoped the movie would just do that, just give me the whole thing of her loving her mother and missing her so much, but being okay with letting go finally. Having yeah. that choice, as opposed to when the choice was taken away from her because her mother just died all of a sudden. Mm. Just say, I got this last few moments to say goodbye, and isn't that beautiful and great? I mean, they, they kind Instead of... Instead it went... It, it, but that's what, yeah, it, it kind so of did, was, and it did, yeah. it towed the line. It was like, are we going to do that? And then it kind of just leaned too much into the, but I really do love this boy, and I have to take chances. And she even fucking asks her mother, what if I love this boy so much, and should I give it a go? No, just like, who cares? You might break up in a fucking week when you go back to your yeah. own dimension. Who cares? Just think, be the thing where you got to say goodbye to your mother, and that's enough. I think it's that type of thing where they should have, like, I agree 100%, they should have leaned into her choosing to go 
well, they they kind of hinted at it a little bit. The part where she was looking through the photo album, where they heard their th- their tree from that dimension, their <laughs> tree um, went on a holiday with her mother, and she was like, "I have no memory of this," or like, "These aren't my memories." And it should have yeah. been like slowly leaning was- more into that, like, "I don't belong here," but I can get my chance to say goodbye, even though this isn't my mother. It's the closest yeah. thing I'll get to, uh, kind of like a resolution to to her trauma thank you so much for bringing that up because i'd completely forgotten and that was a great moment and that really Mm. showed it off it was like i don't belong here and you know that's i have to now accept that and go and live my actual life because this isn't my mother yeah yeah no absolutely and i I think the whole like coin flip of choosing my mother over the boy is such a like yeah flippant decision it's a very juvenile decision i think it and she's too old for that really she's in her like early 20s at least yeah. the uh, character is um and it's like we've already had that like remember that was the whole kind of thing with um frozen the first one of like you know it's not about just some boy you met it's your family and your sister who you really love and this one should have been the same even though obviously it was already done in frozen because that you is one she should have just let it go <laughs> yeah what's going on right um, Let it go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've, I've never seen the first Frozen. I've never seen Frozen either. Um, but that is my biggest one. I've lots of little ones to do with the plot and how it works, mm. and that I'll go into later. But it just it it was really wrong to me. It didn't fit the character, yeah. even because especially at the last one or the first movie, I should say, she was obviously this very strong woman who'd kind of defined herself better mm. in the first movie. And wasn't just wrapped up in some boy she met. Mm. And then they kind of just... just... Off. Yeah. Sorry, Ed? Just, yeah, just off of what Rob's saying about the mom, I just, there's one scene I remember where I went, oh, God, the writing is terrible, and this, this does not portray the mother in the best light either. It's like when they're having the conversation about chance, and then you see that there's a the news station is showing that there's been three murders in the hospital nearby. And um, she starts turning up the tree, starts turning up the TV to see what's going on. And you hear that, you know, there's been three murders at the at the nearby hospital. And then she she has a shocked look on her face, gets up and the mom goes, what's wrong? Like, did you not hear what was said on the TV? Only, you know, yep. I, I actually didn't like the mother character. I, like the first movie kind of builds her up to be like, oh, she was obviously this great role model for her. But she comes across a little bit airy fairy or something. She's just a bit ditzy or something. She's one of those that would put uh, your your face into a birthday cake. <laughs> oh, it's not a really Man! American thing or something, right? <laughs> we were talking about this last time. Yeah, Eddie said if his mum did that to him, he'd slap it over her hand or something. <laughs> no, I said she'd be covered in it. <laughs> Oh, I, stand by, I stand by that statement. I kind of want your mum to do that on the slide. <laughs> I have to tell her. <laughs> Please Next do. Birthday, you know what? Get do, to see do, you her. Eddie, do you know what Eddie would really love? Lovely. He really love loves it. to slap his face in that cake. He'd love uh, it. Ask her to wear like a, a white dress or something when she's doing that. <laughs> do, you, do you have any uh, out, outstanding rants about this movie, Ed? Um, I've kind of said a couple of them. Um, I The acting for me is unforgivable in some cases i did the dean is just anytime he comes on screen i'm like get out of my tv please you 
you are atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, and I, can I just say one thing on that? The biggest problem I have with that is kind of, and it's only really occurred to me now, is the the movie didn't need comic relief. It's kind of a horror comedy. The characters are already being funny. Comic relief is only needed when you have straight characters who are being really serious all the time in a serious mm. situation. And this was already yeah. kind of a silly <clears throat> movie with silly characters. That's why the teacher in the two Spider-Man movies works so well. Because yeah, he is comic true. relief, but it's really awkward comic relief. And it works so well. Yeah, it, that's a that's a good example of it. But um, as far as the, the rest of the film, like it's... For me, I just really lose interest um, after, as I was saying, the 20 minutes in the middle. Um, after that, I just, I found it hard to concentrate on what was actually happening. Um, yep. I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about the plot. Um, I stuck with it because we needed to record this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, like, it just, do you know what? It's like, it's it's annoying because I'd love to go into details with the ending. It's just... I, I just didn't care enough. Yeah, I, I got movie... past the point of, of analyzing it, where I was analyzing as I was watching it and going, "I'm not really enjoying this." Yeah, and then I got bored of trying to analyze why I wasn't enjoying it because I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Mm. Did the movie feel really long to you? Yes, and yeah. padded out with nonsense. It felt interminably long to me, and it's not even that long. Yeah, it's narrow. No, it's only 100 minutes. Yeah, it's not long at all, and it felt so so long I just yet yeah, as you say the, there's so much padding going on that you're just like please please move the plot forwards yeah it's yeah. almost felt like it was a quick like i don't know if it was ever envisioned to be a possible trilogy i think they just kind of had lightning in a bottle with the first one and bloom house you, you could take the dean out of this film and it would be exactly the same yeah yep he does nothing there's, there's no reason to have that character in the film he the, just he adds an extra 15 minutes to the film. That's all he yeah, does. Just have the machine break instead of being turned off. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't matter. I, yeah. But then again, look at, I guess the movie did what it was supposed to do. It was a movie that was made for a budget of 9 million at the box office, made 64.6. You know? I mean, it, that's that's pittance in comparison to what the first one did. Yeah, that's true. Fair. Yeah. So. Um, mm, bad, bad form. I mean, who knows? Diminishing, maybe diminishing returns on all on all accounts. Yeah, the, the, who knows? Maybe they'll be able to redeem themselves with the potential uh, third movie that's tentatively titled "Happy Day to Us." Um, maybe put a bit more of a budget into it. Maybe get some acting lessons for some of the supporting cast. Um, try not to be too ambitious. Like just simplify it a bit. I mean, that's what made the first movie so entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't have a big, massive story to it. Is that your central rant then? Or is there anything else in particular that really stood out as egregious to you? I'll go into a couple of things. Oh my God. No, no, go on. Sorry, you guys are frozen for me. I was going to say there's a couple of bits that I did like not to be destroying this film altogether. I like the intro when they play with the universal symbol. Do you know when the oh, the usual universal like, uh, display like it breaks up, up into three separate and it's the sections world, and they cut it in half, and then they cut it again, and then they do some weird um, explosiony stuff with it. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. That was fun. Hmm. I wish I wish studios would do that more with their uh, their intros because um, they're always memorable. I always liked um, 
the Universal ones when they do Jurassic Park now, where it's the Earth would spin and it's the T Rex logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also liked how it's. I liked the scene where she, a tree initially wakes up, and finds out that she's back in the in her loop again, and how it plays with that initial for the the first initial minutes, how it plays with the first film and ties into it. Um, that was fun, mm, but yep. um, it also meant that we had to listen to that fucking phone ringtone again, which I was not happy with. Nonsense. Okay. Well, I guess we can wrap it up there. That's uh... no, no, no. I have <laughs> one more. <laughs> I have one more, and this Go is on. a real dirty one. Okay. So their central thing about the technical aspects of this movie, how the science of it works is that they have to come up with the right algorithm so that they can fix the loop. And initially I thought, okay, so that doesn't, that means that they don't know what the right algorithm is and uh, they've no idea how to get there just yet, but they've some idea how to start. <laughs> but when they get there, it starts, it is with, I can't remember the two of them are named, two nerd characters who are Ryan's friends working on the machine with him. Um, I think it's Samir and Gray. So, yeah. They get yeah, Samir and Gray, yeah. Yeah. Tree does her whole thing of going, here's the algorithms that didn't work, blah de blah. And the two of them look at each other and go, That means there's only one left. Which tells me that that's there's a finite number of algorithms they could possibly try. Which means it takes them no fucking time to code this algorithm. And not only does it take no time, it works immediately. And uh, they know it's fixed. And when they run it, it runs immediately because it took them about five fucking seconds to put it in and run it, and it worked. <laughs> um, so th- it just literally made no sense. And then the bit where his laptop... You know the list of algorithms you can run. It would have taken no fucking time to fix this problem. It really pissed me off so much when that came up. I just... I still can't get over how... A few minutes later... <sighs> wow! That was something, Rob. That was something. Wonderful. I've had a wonderful time. That was that was, that was very entertaining. Anyway, so... <laughs> sorry, not to leave it negative. Um, I really loved the first movie. It was so much fun, and I think that's why <laughs> this, no, no, that's why this movie annoys me so much. Is that it kind of betrays yeah, that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the best thing about this movie, the second movie, was getting a little bit more time with characters I really enjoyed, and what kind of ruined the second movie so much was that they ruined my time with those characters. Funnily yeah. enough, I think if this movie, like, not to harp on more about, but I think if it didn't try to play with the whole multi-dimensional thing and purely just had your man Ryan as the loop candidate, it might have been a bit better. Yes, I think other than obviously that actor's acting, if they'd done maybe like a, <laughs> I'm well, pretty Carter, sure I raised Carter this. was living the same day over and over again because he was obviously a more likable character. I was about to say, I think I did say this um, last time. Do you remember with Stargate and they had that loop episode? Yeah. With Teal'c and um, the Colonel. If they just said, there's some background character there who's also living the same loop over and over again, and maybe do it like he has to help Tree in some way that she doesn't know or something like that, that would have been way more interesting. You know, mm-hmm. Sort of like a Back to the Future 2 way where there's someone in the the background doing stuff. Do you know what would have been more interesting? Uh, that's where it was going. 
if someone was living over the day over and over again and the only way that they could break the loop was to dress up as a baby face killer and kill a tree and that's why the, the character was roommate. always where no no but that's why the character was always where, he was, where she was supposed to be oh can I that also say I was so sick of the baby mask yeah yes yeah um, just, I, I'm uh, done with yeah. it now I could have a whole rant about just that killer thing not making a lick of sense because it didn't um, but yeah. we have ranted enough Yes, we'll wrap it up there. This has been Screen 17 with our scathing takedown of Happy Death Day to you. Um, if you like what you heard, again, uh, subscribe to us on whatever podcast service you're listening to. Um, check us out on Facebook as I think it's just Screen 17, Eddie, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And you can find us also on Instagram at Screen 17 Podcast. Uh, on any service that you follow us, just you can ask us questions, you can contact us, or give us topics for future episodes. Because who knows, the bottom of the barrel is looking closer and closer. Um, we keep saying this; we've loads of ideas. <laughs> Do we? What's yeah. what's next week's episode? <laughs> we have ideas. Shh! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know where the ideas are. They're, they're Frank's house and Bill's house. <laughs> I don't want any engagement from the fan base. <laughs> Actually, so, yeah. go on. I do, have, I do have one idea, but I won't say it because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Join us next time when we will be talking about another topic. I have been Ray. I've been Rob. I'm still Sensible Stereo. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.